Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker and I'm here with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hey, Michelle. It's good to see you. Good to be with you again. It's wonderful. And we have such an exciting focus for our episode today, which is all about Opulence Infusion, this new book and all the learning that you've been on the journey of and capturing for us in this new process. And I'm excited to dive in with you. And I think one of the things that made sense for me is understanding a bit of your journey. So tell us, being raised as a missionary kid in Africa, just your whole experience of the divine feminine, spirituality, abundance, that whole story, I think is a really good place to start. So the journey from being a missionary kid to being a co-author of this book called Opulence Infusion, A New Faith Currency, has, has been quite a journey. I was raised in Ethiopia. My parents and my grandparents were evangelical Christian missionaries. I came to the States when I was 16 years old and, you know, very much programmed as a woman in the Christian faith would be to become a mother and a wife. Mm. You know, that was my programming. And I did music as a kid, but it was always to serve the church and it was supposed to be used that way. And what happened to me was a total freedom journey. Of course, my mother called it a rebellion. (laughs) (laughs) Which we know you're rebellious. (laughs) There's something missing here for me. The journey ended up going through uh, not only one divorce, but two divorce with with, I was single parent for a while. And I decided to do music. So I went to school for music. And I was not able to walk into a church for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. There was no spiritual connection there. It was just like... This is a broken system for me. It's a God person that is so hard to please, and I could never get to that place of having any kind of relationship that I felt really at home in. Mm -hmm. And so I just ignored the whole thing until I went through my second divorce. And here I was, a single parent, confused, and my heart was longing for something. You know, I I had this longing in my heart. I was also trying to become a musician in Los Angeles and take care of my son, which was very interesting. Challenging. Yes. And along comes Michael Gale, who is my current beautiful partner, husband, and and, uh, producer, and all those wonderful things that he, he stepped into. And as that journey began, because I had made a deal with the the beloved divine and said, you know what, I can do the single parent thing. But once we hit adolescent, I don't think I can do that for a boy. I don't think so. And Michael entered the scene and all was good and well until I felt this like, well, I think we need to go to church or something. Mm. And I found this church that actually had a jazz concert on a Sunday afternoon. And I was like, I got to go check that place out. If they're going to have jazz, because when I was raised, jazz was not part of the whole deal. No. Nope. So, <laughs> so I go, it was a metaphysical church. And I really started grabbing on to what that was. Like, wow, there's a power in the universe and I can use it. Mm. It is something that I can actually use. So my whole concept of who the divine is just started to change as I started mastering my own thoughts. It was all about thought, you know, change your thinking, change your life. And I I was able to start getting into that rhythm. And I outgrew that. 
So it's interesting because I seem to outgrow things. As I outgrew that, somebody invited me into mysticism and studying of the seven sacred flames. And this beautiful book was given to me. It's like a gold binding. It's just beautifully presented. And I was fascinated with it. I started eating it like food. You know, I just like, it was something that I just started to consume. Have always struggled with finances. My entire life has been in a missionary mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not enough. Everything that you do have is to be sacrificed back to the mission. And here I was a single parent and a musician. So when I heard that I could create abundance, for one, and that abundance flows through the Immaculate Heart of Mother Mary, I was like, what does that mean? I didn't even have a relationship with Mother Mary. I knew very little about Mother Mary. She wasn't part of my training. I wasn't raised Catholic. The only thing I knew is that she had a nice little place in the nativity scene that came out on, on Christmas, you know? She was right there by the manger. She always looked very peaceful and very submissive, just like you're supposed to be when you're a mother and a wife. That question, when I heard that, it became a question. It was like, what does that even mean? Mm. What does that mean? Abundance flows through the Immaculate Heart of Mother Mary. And when I asked that question, I realized that I had no relationship with the Divine Feminine at all. I had a relationship with the universe, and there was something about the universe that became too big for me. And I, I was raised with relationship, you know, relationship to the, to the spirit world. So I was like, I was used to that. And when I started realizing this relationship with my own divinity that is within me, that it's not something separate from me, it's not something outside of myself, it is basically who I am, who you are, who we are. And it's, it's, it's such a change of coming out of the old paradigm of child-parent relationship mm -hmm. with the divine. It's really full partnership. So I started inquiring about who is Mother Mary. I heard a podcast that was my introduction to Mother Mary, and it was about, called her Holy Ma Ray, the Ray of the Ma, of Ma being the, the mother of all life. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that. But it wasn't until I went to the Ukraine as a musician going to, to serve in a conference, and as I was looking at, at a picture of Mother Mary in this little roadside attraction, and I heard her say my name, mm. and I heard her say that she wants to talk to me every day, and she wants me to start taking messages and listening. So I began listening and started to write down what I heard. I guess I could even you could even call it a portal of financial lack and a lot of unworthiness. As I started opening up my heart to that Immaculate Heart of Mother Mary. She absolutely let me know that my heart is also immaculate, as is yours. Mm. And that is where abundance flows from. So my portal was that, that feeling of no value and lack. So we could say that maybe those things that are the most difficult for us do become our portals and our openings to that which we are ready to experience. Yeah. That possibility of me having an immaculate heart is a really a big concept that I've never bumped up against. You've just gifted it to me. And the way that I bring that in, which feels totally possible, is how big can my heart be? How loving, how accepting, how generous can my heart be that that then becomes the portal for my own experience? And that's 
first of all, with myself. So how loving and generous and accepting can I be of my myself and my artistry and what it is that I produce and whether or not it falls short of my understanding of what I want to produce. And that's just tripped a, a wire for me. Thank you. I, I love that. That's why I love talking to you. So let's come to the making of the book in a second, but I want to just ground this possibility for people who might be listening. A lot of us do live with not enough and lack and maybe not worthiness, not full worthiness. You know, this what's potential and also what we experience in our daily lives can be two different things and there can be quite a gap between the two. So I'd love to hear how you've journeyed from being in scarcity and being worried about paying the rent all the way through to an embodiment of the energy of what you're talking about now and how that's just a a short version of that journey specifically because I think that might give people hope that they can not be stuck where they are right now, that there may be a chance to grow and expand? That's a great question. I hope I can answer it well. (laughs) Because to me, the thing that changed it for me is this part of me that is vast and magnificent, that is immaculate, that is beyond this world of lack, limitation. It's like there's this world of illusion is a world of duality, you know, like that's where lack lives. And that, that place of coming into re- realizing that this divinity within me is connected right to the heart of source and that I am always sourced. It took me a long time to really get that, that I am really sourced from someplace other than this world. All the hard work that I've done and all the jobs that I've had and, and the music that I've written and all the income that has come from all that I really see it as coming from this one source, that I am always source. I heard that this world really has nothing to offer us. And I think as an artist, if you can catch this, if I finally caught this, that, wow, I was looking for a validation from this world. I was looking for feedback that I was okay. I was looking for something that would say, wow, Jen, you you finally made it. Mm -hmm. When really... If I am really making it, that means that I will be getting money back for those things that I'm doing, right? But when I started realizing that I'm here, a totally valuable entity, just like I am, I'm here to give gifts. And that means the universe is always going to take care of me. And so I stopped looking at the world for that. I stopped Mm -hmm. looking. I call it like I stopped pushing against the river, (laughs) you know, because it's pretty brutal out there. If you're looking to get something that's going to be your assurance that you're okay, that you're valuable. And so I do live my life like that. Yeah. I had a realization one one day on my patio. I was starting to go into panic because the rent was coming up and I didn't know how he was going to pay for it. And I heard this voice within say, how many months of your life have you been doing this? And immediately I went back, it'd been 30 years, every single month, I had some kind of a panic going on. It was simply an open door that was like, wow, maybe I have a choice. Maybe I don't have to do this anymore. And I literally said right there, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm giving this over to you, this higher part of myself. I'm giving this over to you because I'm doing everything I know how to make ends meet and to do what I do. And you know what, since then, 
that was over 10 years ago. I've never had to worry anymore. I'm able to, to release it. And this, this new faith currency is that on steroids. <laughs> I have to say that it takes that simpleness of, wow, am I going to trust that I'm enough, that there's going to be enough? I guess what I was thinking of was just that the point that you were making about artists looking to the external world, and it is part of our process, which is a very personal, individual process, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, that we're tapping into a feeling, a visual or an auditory repertoire language that we want to put out into the world, that we feel compelled to put out into the world. Mm-hmm. And that does take a high degree of self-reliance and groundedness and certainty to be able to do that. And I've certainly felt this at sometimes you're right. I do stuff and I then hold my breath and wonder what people are going to say and what what they're going to think. I don't Mm -hmm. do that so much, but I think maybe that's the joy of being an artist at 57 is that I've already got myself uh, to a degree of knowing who I am. But that being kind of buffeted by the external world and what, what happens in the external world is really important to know that we have a choice to step back from that and how much we allow ourselves to be exposed to what's happening out there and what people are saying and how people are reacting is really an important choice, isn't it? That knowledge of our own self. Yes, and I will say too that those experiences of being rejected or you you bring your work to someone to get you to another level and they don't get it, those type of experiences, I have to say, are very strengthening from where I am today. Of course, they were devastating at the time, but it made me reevaluate what I really was doing and why I was doing it. And to me, it's very important to do that over and over again. When you have the opportunity to say, wait a minute, am I of value? Why am I doing this? Shall I do it again? And of course, we love it when the circle is complete. That's what I call it. When somebody receives your work and they love it, and they want to pay you dollars for it, and they want you to come and do more. You know, I mean, there's nothing more satisfying than receiving a wonderful exchange yeah. back and forth with your artistry and someone else. That is so delicious. Yeah, it is, isn't it? What is it about us artists that we will keep on? We will keep going. We will find a way because it's our very nature to give it. Yes, and. I've got to say, after I finished my fine art degree, I didn't make art for quite a while. And I think sometimes when I reflect back on that, it was because you're trying to do the pure creativity in a system that is specifically set up to judge, to mark. And that can be brutal for the sensitivity that is the artist. And I remember meeting another artist in a project I was working on and she didn't make art for 10 years after her degree. And I thought, hmm, okay, I've probably done well for not touching things for a year and then coming back around. So I think you're right. And I think part of what interests me now being outside of that system and perhaps a little more grounded in my own meditation practice, my own awareness of my thinking is just how powerful I can be about what it is that I want to do in the world. And that feels like a lovely place to be. 
I know we talked about collaboration, so I know not every artistry is a solo practice. And I know there's whole lots of dimensions that we could explore when it is a collaboration, when it's more than just one person creating. But it does trip a thought for me about your process for writing this book. And I wanted to hear from you. It was a little bit different for you, wasn't it? And you were actually a little bit reluctant at the timing of the writing of the book. Tell us more about that, Jen. Let's go back to, this is the fourth book. So let's go back to the first book. So each book has kind of come about the same way. So I will just tell you about the first book. So I had a 90-day course and I wanted something shorter. You know, instead of inviting people to hang out with you for three months, I wanted something, a shorter process. And so I was kind of paring that, that down and it was five days before this course was supposed to start. And I heard Mother Mary say to me, I want to do a book for 21 days. I want to give a message every single day, and I want you to send it out in an email, and that will become our first book. And I was kind of blown away because I'd never done anything like that. It had just been very personal messages before that. So it took a whole lot of trust for me to step out on those skinny branches. (laughs) But I have that about myself is like when I feel a call, I answer, and the answer is use yes. And so... Then Uh it became a book, and it was wonderful. Then the next one came, How to Create with Mother Mary and Friends. And that was more nuts and bolts about really stepping into co-creatorship because now we are coming into partnership not only with the spiritual world but with the nature world, which is, to me, one and the same. And then it was Empowered Prayer, you know, standing up and really speaking your truth. When Empowered Prayer came out, right before that, I got a directive from... St. Germain, I'm going to tell you who St. Germain is, because some of you might not have heard who St. Germain is. He is the avatar of this age of Aquarius, which we're in the first 200 years of this age of Aquarius. There's some different ideas about when this age actually started, but believe you me, we're in it already. But we're doing what people do when they come into a new age. It's all confusing and everything's chaos. So that's why the world is falling apart. And St. Germain has said, no more religions. We're not coming through religions. We're going to come to the individual. So he, he downloaded a lot of material, and the material I studied, I read in one of the chapters about pure gold. At St. Germain says, well, instead of worrying about your supply, why don't you just precipitate, which is an old word for create, gold? And it just struck me so much like, wow. So I began talking to St. Germain, which I do and which you can do. All of us have full access if we want to. And he challenged me. He said, why don't you see if you can do this? Why don't you prove it to yourself? So this project started about three years ago. Well, it started in 2019. Where are we? That's four years ago now. And I literally, he said, I want you to come to this lab every day, and I want you to learn what I have to show you. And I kept doing that, and it's the way the instruction kept growing, these mystical experiences. I wrote them all down. And then in 2022, it was like, all right, it's time for you to bring this now out to the world. I have to tell you, my knees were shaking. My stomach was doing some flip-flops because it is quite a work, saying that we have a new faith currency that goes above and beyond the current system that will be used with this system, but it's based on our pure heart, and really going beyond as the old systems start to dismantle. 
I think it, it's certainly different from anything I was ever exposed to or taught in my youth and even what I've read as an adult interested in meditation and spiritual practice. I think that it's another step beyond and I think that's why it's so exciting that you're working creatively in this space to share it with those of us who need to shift the way we think about these things. The thing that I find interesting when I hear you talk is, for me, my creative source is almost always Mother Nature. And that grounding energy, that capacity to be renewed and healed by being in nature, noticing it, you know, just going for a walk along our little creek line here with my dog and just being really attentive to the birds that fly past. And so that's one aspect. And the other aspect for me is that I want my art to campaign for her care. Hmm. And so for me, there's a lot of spiritual schools or spiritual disciplines that come from nature as the grounding force for the spiritual practice. And I think there's a lot of overlap with perhaps where I've come and what I've done with what you're talking about now. And even to the point of talking about the mineral gold, it's not just a mineral that we see on this earth. It's actually a frequency. It's a purity. It's Tell me more about that. I'm interested in hearing you talk about that pure gold. Pure gold is an essence. Like you said, it's a vibration. It's a frequency. And it is absolutely ours to bring it down into this level of living. Mm. And, you know, some people think that gold, where you find gold deposits on the planet, which I just heard a story that in Australia, <laughs> somebody found a huge old hunk of gold. It's where the gods have walked, you know, in the past. It is a frequency that has been deposited here. The thing that about it is, though, that as Mother Mary told us in this book, that we all have a drop of gold within our heart, you know, and, and when you think about that, when you think that you have within you that same vibration that you can absolutely bring into your life and into the world, it is very mystical, but I'm finding out more and more how practical it is. And I love the way that you said that, Michelle, because to me, it is bringing this high frequency into this grounded and electronic frequency of the earth because the earth has a vibration too. We are the bridge between the two. Yeah, I feel that in my body. One of the big lessons I learned last year was this reality that I really am reluctant to ask for all of what I might require. Mm. And I've been learning how to catch myself because I think that's one of the lessons, one of the very practical lessons in this book is learning to ask for more and that that yes. be okay. And for us to be able to confront the sense of deservingness that might come up when mm -hmm. we want to be free to do our artistry. We channel the capacity to be good money managers and to be good uh, abundance energy sources in this life. But we don't want to feel like we're constantly slaves to that part of our lives. So we want to be able to create and bring our gifts into the world. Talk to me a bit more about that capacity to ask for more or the, the way that that could come about for people. Mm. Well, I want to start by saying this, that if you are here to bring work into the world, it is always supported. And just knowing that, I found even when I was in living in much more of a state of lack, I had this belief that my supplies would always be supported. 
I would always have the money to buy a new microphone if I needed it. I would always be able to get a new PA system or a new keyboard. That was such a, a demonstration for me that the money was always there because I believed in it, right? So I think this is the part where we are increasing our belief because if we believe we can have more, we will have more. The part about speaking your word and asking for more, because this whole myth around, you know, to be a humble servant, to be, you know, in this place of I am not worthy, all that BS, right, that has been given to us, belief system that... Starving artist. Yeah, exactly. There's a big one. That as we start to ask for more and then move into that place which we have been given the ability to command with our voice, if we command more, we have to step into that place of really believing that we can have more. So they work really together. But this has been a big opening for many of our members in the academy and for me too, you know, to step in and say, I command abundance to flow through all these bills right here. And now I need them to be paid by the end of the month because we are the choosers. We are the directors. We are the ones that intend. As we do that, believe it or not, it is the nature kingdom that fills in and makes the form of what we are intending because we are that powerful. But we're pretending still that we're not powerful, mm. you know, that we don't have that beautiful ability to speak into something and create it. Yeah, the playing small. Yeah. Is there anything else around the messages in this book that you would like to share as we wrap up? Because I feel like we've talked different aspects of this and we've given some of the history of it. And I would like to know from you, Jan, as the author and perhaps the witness of it coming through you, was there anything else that you wanted to speak to before we wrap? I do. Thank you. Thank you for this, Michelle. I just want to say that first. I mean, what a gift it is to talk about this with you, because I know you will always, you always push me to talk about it more clearly. And I love that about you. The one thing that this material, this instruction manual, we could say, is that it goes beyond doing steps, this, do this, and then do that, do this. It's more of a circular. It's very divine feminine in, in nature to me. And Mother Mary has said over and over, you need to bring in the light codes of this, the music. There's music that goes with this book because we are to receive on a different level of our logical minds. And it is an energetic level. It is a frequency level. It is an opulence infusion. It, I mean, think about that. I mean, of course, a mm -hmm. lot of people think that sounds like a cocktail or something, right? <laughs> but I was thinking really... it sounded like a float tank, something divine that I slip into. <laughs> that sounds delicious. But I literally got these codes one night when I was coming up from sleep, you know, in the early morning hours. And all of a sudden, I just felt this, this sheets of pure white golden light flooding through my body. And it was like the old TV rolling. You know, we used to see the TV roll and not quite get to the picture. It just felt like that going through my body over and over and over again. And Mother Mary instructed me to, to put these in the song so people could receive mm. this vibration from songs. And I think we should give people that gift because there is a sound healing. I think we should put that in the description of this podcast so people can get that free gift. That would be um, beautiful. Yeah, of really downloading the new opulence light codes. And we're going to close with a piece of that music. Tell us a bit about what we're going to include in, at the end of this episode that people can enjoy. 
It comes right off of this collection called Opulence, and it's joy light, and it is just what it sounds like. You know, it's just a very light. It'll be just like a little light bath for you. Mm-hmm. And that's about all I can say about it because it does go beyond words for me that I can't yeah. really explain. We'll just let everyone enjoy it. Thank you so much for the generosity of both the healing meditation and the music that you're sharing and all the messages that you shared today. I so enjoy talking to you about this because it is my learning edge in my spiritual kind of journey, Jen, to be with you and to hear what you're learning. So thank you so much. Oh, my joy. Thank you. It's just a true treasure to be here with you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've got any questions, as always, or any comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out. You can grab our contact details via the show notes. I'm at Michelle Walker Art, and Jennifer on Instagram is Jennifer Ruth Russell. Perfect. Thanks, everyone. Lots of love. Till next time. Bye for now. Bye. Malalaki to lolotalachi Malakati o yolo Molala o tiyo koto la la lama O lolala tu tu cha Kola lama tiyo walaya Kola lala waya Malakati o lolo yolo
Hallelujah. Manaka.